0: Good morning. I'm Brian Carroll, equipping pastor at Cypress Bible Church. My privilege this morning to welcome you into our virtual worship service. We're glad that you've chosen to worship together with us. Uh, as our uh, community begins to re-engage, uh, as uh, the stay-at-home uh, restrictions are being lifted and changed, we encourage you to join with us in praying for God's wisdom, uh, that we all would make wise decisions, that our community would make wise decisions on exactly how we interact with others, and also for, for protection, especially for those who are the most vulnerable in our community. And so we had to ask you to join us in praying for those two things. Uh, we've been asked at CBC uh, how long will we continue virtual programming. Well, the good news is we're going to continue that indefinitely. And so virtual programming is here to stay. Um, so we've also been asked when will we be able to gather back together at Cypress Bible Church to worship together. We aren't sure when that's going to be. Um, We believe in two things. One is we want to use wisdom that God will give us. And secondly, we want to respect the um, government decisions and the authorities around us. And we want to do that return only when we feel like it's safest to do that. And then there will be some parameters and some guidelines on how to do that when that does happen. We will keep you informed as we make decisions. Right now, we have not made a decision about when that will be, but just some of the factors we're working on to help make it a safe place when we do make that transition or decision. Um, Also, Uh, We did send out an announcement about VBS. Uh, Our VBS uh, uh, is going to look very different this year. Uh, We are not doing an on-campus VBS this year. Instead, we're gonna be bringing VBS to you. So stay tuned on that. We're working out those details, had to make some quick changes to figure out how we could accomplish that. We think it's important to minister to children and families, and we wanna be a part of that this summer with you. And so stay tuned and we'll give you that information as it's developed. Um, Also, uh, some of you have asked, and inquired about the um, ASL, a sign language interpreter. What happened last week? Uh, They were no longer on the screen. Well, the uh, the, um, Signs of Joy ministry, which is our Deaf ministry at Cypress Bible Church, actually requested that we do a separate feed just for them. That way, the interpreter can be larger in the screen, and uh, that could be more visible by those who um, need to watch that sort of a service in order to benefit from that. And so that has been changed. And if you go to our website, cypressbible.org, uh, and then click on the virtual programming link, it'll take you to a page that really gives you everything. And I encourage you to bookmark that or put it as a favorite or whatever it is. But again, that's cypressbible.org. And when you go to that page, click virtual programming, and then save that link because that's where everything's at. But you can go to that page, and it'll link off directly to a YouTube channel which has the ASL interpreter interpreting there and is directly designed for them. We still value the deaf ministry. We want to continue that on. We wanted to accommodate what they felt would better meet their needs. And so we encourage you uh, to check that out as well. Um, also on that virtual programming page, lots of things are listed on there. Uh, and uh, we will be adding a new feature on that page. Um, uh, John Bukema or whoever is preaching on uh, at the time on a Sunday morning does some study notes that helps us to engage a little bit deeper with that content So we encourage you to go to that page, download those, great for family discussion, great for personal reflection, uh, just a way to help you continue on in your journey. You'll see lots of other programming on that page as well. Um, I do want to mention one thing that we have. On Thursdays, we have prayer time at 7 o'clock. It is a great time together as we uh, pray together and share needs. Last week, we had over 25 missionaries of Cyprus Bible Church all over the world who are there meeting together with us, sharing the challenges of where they're at, but also at the same time, sharing the opportunities that God is opening in unique ways. We encourage you to come join us. This week, we're going to be talking about pivoting. We have all had to pivot significantly from what we intended to be doing or thought we were going to be doing, and how God meets us in the middle of our pivoting. We'll be praying for people who are praying we've all had to pivot we'll be praying for areas where we've had to pivot and help us to see god in the midst of those things so we'd love to have you join us thursday at seven you'll see there's also children's programming men's programming women's programming lots of different options on that page so we think that's your greatest source of information well i'm very happy to say that this morning we're starting actually a brand new series Uh, John Bucham will be preaching for three weeks, and uh, the series is kind of uh, very appropriate for the time. It's how to live for the end, not that we believe that the end is near necessarily. However, uh, we want to be prepared for whatever God has and uh, always be living for the future. You know, our faith is one of a um, future-based belief that one day we will be united with God in heaven forever. And so because of that, we want to be prepared and look ahead. And so the series will be on how to live for the end. It'll be coming from 1 Peter 4. And so I encourage you, uh, you'll have a few minutes here as we transition to the service. Grab your Bible so that you can look at those words yourself. Uh, I also encourage you to pull together your communion elements because today we will be celebrating communion as well. That is typically the first and third Sunday of every month. Uh, And so gather whatever you have, and uh, if you have something, juice, that's great. If you don't, you just use water, that's all right as well. But something to represent um, the blood and something to represent the body, like a cracker or something of that nature. We are so glad that you're here this morning, and uh, glad that you have chosen to worship with us. And I'm going to just enter into, I guess my call to worship this morning will come from my favorite verse, and that says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And this morning we come to worship God and to remember that great is his faith.
1: Let's sing this prayer together.
2: your name Father in heaven all praise be to your name your kingdom come your will be done the earth as it is in heaven, now sing this out. yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever To the Father now, Father in heaven, all praise be to your name, Father in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us, Lord, as we forgive. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power. For me, forever and ever, lead us not into temptation. The evil, let Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Forever and ever. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Forever and ever. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power is the glory, forever and ever. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory, forever
1: and ever. Amen.
3: Morning, Cypress Bible Church friends. Uh, while we look forward to the time where we can worship together physically, uh, we are mm-hmm. thankful that through the Holy Spirit we can be together and worship this morning.
4: Right. I have a verse I'd like to share with you all this morning about Christ's efficiency. It's from Psalm 16, verses 5 through 11. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup, you hold my lot. Or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore.
3: We pray that you have a blessed morning.
2: devotion and now there's nothing in this world can ever satisfy through every trial my soul will see no turning back I've been set Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in you. Everything I Our Through every storm, my soul will see Jesus is here. To God be the Lord. this declaration together i have decided to follow jesus i have decided to follow jesus no turning back no turning back i have decided to follow jesus no turning back no Cross before floor. Thou my vision O Lord of my heart Sing it together Not be all else to me Save that Thou art Thou my best thought By day or by night Waking or sleeping Thy presence my life.
1: To describe how you're feeling about F 2 F,
3: ready. Wonderful. Eager.
1: Excited. Feliz. Happy. So, just keep that in mind. Who we're serving.
0: Uh, work together. And, and operate as a team. That's going to speak fun to anyone. Alright Ryan. What are we about to go do? Uh, the
1: house. Wait. Wait a minute. I'm going
0: to. Daniel. What are we about to go house? do?
2: This doesn't look like building a house to me.
1: Conducting
0: How is today going? Um, it's
1: going pretty well.
0: Yeah? How how much have we done?
1: We have pretty much finished the walls. Then after that we're going to do whatever Jason tells us <laughs> We're getting the walls up. Can you tell us what we're doing right
3: now? We are nailing up the blackboard.
0: What's one good thing that's happened so far on this trip?
1: Well, I've learned a lot of new skills, how to put a nail nails, stuff like that. Carol,
0: what's one good thing that's happened so far on the trip?
4: Yesterday we went to share the gospel around the houses here, and uh, everybody was open to hear about Jesus.
3: We divided in two groups. And each group was able to share into six uh, households.
4: We have seen seven people pray to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. The number of lives that have come to Christ is absolutely amazing.
1: We've been able to talk to a lot of people up and down the street and in the neighborhood about the Lord. We've been able to um, do a lot of pastor training with the people. And of course, we've been able to give something back to them. It's all from the Lord. Great. Thank you.
2: This week, uh, the biggest thing ever is God showing up. I've seen him work in so many ways, and people coming in over the Lord, from this house getting built, watching
1: the children play. Playing with the kids, getting to know them. All the kids coming. Yeah, even though we didn't know their language, we were still able to talk and try to play ball and bring hair. The international language
3: of children. Doing ministry side-by-side side with our kids was awesome being able to serve God, and not only for us to do it, but to be able to do that with our family and for them to see us doing it and see how important it is, that was just indescribable. Well, that's just uh, one of... A number of trips Cyprus Bible Church goes on each year to share the good news of Jesus all around the globe. That happens to be the last one we were able to do uh, since the lockdown, but we pray that God would uh, open the door for us to uh, go forward with uh, short-term trips in the near future. I know that uh, last week uh, many thousands of people watched uh, our live stream, participated in our worship uh, online, and uh, I know that because there were so many people that uh, at least some of you are not connected to this church or perhaps to any church. And so we wanted to be able to communicate with you, to give you the opportunity to share a prayer request or a need or a comment or a question. And uh, so we created a, uh, a special email account just for that. Uh, it's a Gmail account. It's uh, Connect at gmail.com. Cypress Bible Connect. At gmail.com. So I encourage you, if uh, you aren't part of a, a church, you're not connected right now to a church family, uh, you can just send us a message. That will come directly to me, uh, an opportunity to pray for you or, or to uh, answer a question that you might have or hear a comment that you want to share. Right now, I, I would encourage you to all to join me as I pray uh, on behalf of all of us. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, we have been honoring you in song and in word, And I thank you that by your Holy Spirit, through the work of Jesus, that you have drawn us together from wherever we are around this planet, that we are united in Christ, that we are knit together in the Spirit of God. And I pray, Lord, that you would minister to your people scattered abroad during this time. Lord, for those who are vulnerable, we pray for your protection and your peace, that their confidence would be in you. For those who are serving in places where they are more at risk, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them right now. May this be a time when people in unprecedented numbers turn to you, that their trust would be in Christ alone. Lord, fill us with your peace even right this very moment. May we cling to you, O Lord, our rock, and our Redeemer. And we give you the praise for all that you've accomplished, for all that you are, in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.
2: When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And I'm sorry, more for the It's all about you It's all about you, Jesus King of endless worth No one could express How much you deserve For one weekend for all I have is your love, every single breath I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search was deeper within through the way things are. i'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you jesus i'm sorry lord for the thing i've made it and it's all about you it's all about are just let your voice ring out sing this chorus one more time I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you Jesus and I'm sorry Lord for the thing I made it when it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you.
3: Well, I made a sign this week. Um, The end is near. I don't know how you feel when you see that sign. You wonder, well, he's gone a little nuts, or uh, uh, maybe you get a little panicky. Sign like this. Um, Maybe it wonders if, uh, am I ready for the end? Do I have enough toilet paper? I hope that didn't cross your mind, but the end is near. how would you react if today was the last day, the end of everything? What, what would you do? Well, we're going to answer that question this morning from Scripture because uh, this is actually a statement from the Bible. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 starts out, the, the end of all things is near. So before we study this passage, I want to teach you a word that's unfamiliar probably to most of you. It's a word that doesn't come up in common conversation. It's pericope. It's spelled just like periscope, only without the S, which is what a search engine will want you to do, periscope. But it's pericope. What does that mean? It comes from a couple of Greek words put together, which means to cut around, to cut around. And it refers to a a section of Scripture that stands by itself. A a, a group of verses that is a stand-alone, one complete thought. Um, It's, well, I have an example here of, I've cut this out in my Greek New Testament, this section from 1 Peter chapter 4, circled around it, it's, it's this collection of, of verses that, that stands alone. It's one unit of thought. Um, so, when you're studying Scripture, it's, I think, helpful, beneficial to study it pericope by pericope, which is often a paragraph at a time, a complete unit of thought at a time. If you're studying narrative, a narrative is, uh, uh, is the story portion of Scripture, like Genesis or the Gospels, the Gospel of Mark. Uh, then the pericope is often much larger than a paragraph. It usually is a chapter at a time. So it's helpful to study Scripture a pericope at a time, uh, to understand the complete unit of thought that is there, that stands on its own. Now this section of scripture from 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 7 through 11 is a pericope. It stands on its own. And beginning of this morning we're going to study this pericope. Uh, how do I know it is? Well it begins, the first phrase is, the end of all things is near. That's verse 7. The, it ends at verse 11. The last word is amen. Now the chapter continues but That pericope ends with amen. So we're going to study verses 7 through 11 for the next three weeks, Lord willing, uh, and understand how, by the Word of God, Peter calls God's people to live for the end. Describes how we live when the end of all things is near. Um, Now before we begin to answer that question from the text this morning, I want to just grapple with, well, what does Peter mean when he says the end is Of all things is near. Because after all, he wrote this 2,000 years ago and the end hasn't happened yet. Well, uh, Peter isn't the only one who said something almost exactly like this. Look, John the Baptist came out announcing the kingdom of heaven is near using that same word. Jesus repeated that message. The kingdom of heaven is near. He sent out his disciples to, to preach the message that the, the kingdom of heaven was near. Those same words that Peter uses. And, and then we look further in the New Testament. We see James and, and we see uh, Paul writing in Romans that the coming of the Lord was near. Is near. It's at hand. Now, when, uh, when Peter uses this phrase that the end of all things is near, near. Uh, he, it's in the perfect tense, and I would say that it's an intensive perfect, which uh, means that the end is as good as here. It's as certain as, as it could happen at any moment. As a church, that's what we believe the Bible teaches, that the coming of the Lord, that when he comes for his church, it could happen at any time. It's, it's imminent, is the word that we use. So Jesus could come for his people at any moment and usher in the, the beginning, the end of all things. Now Jesus said, well, we would not know the day or the hour of his return, we must be ready. He called us to that. And, and so that end of all things that Peter talks about it might be the end of your life or the end of, of when Christ returns and, and begins those events. But the end is near whether you believe it or not. Christ is coming, uh, whether you believe it or not, whether you're ready or not, Christ will return. Now, I, I want you to realize that when Peter wrote this letter, he was writing to Christians who were being persecuted, who were suffering, so he talks a lot about suffering, and Christians who were under great stress. Now, I know that there are Christians in this world who are being persecuted right now. In fact, as we heard this week, there are some who are being persecuted more during this time. Um, And certainly, there are those who are suffering. And I would say most of us as God's people are under stress right now. And so these words that we find in 1 Peter 4 are very applicable to the people of God today. They're very applicable to you and to me in our lives right now. How to live for the end. Now, if, if you know, if you knew that the world would end tomorrow, what would you change? What would you do differently? Who would you talk to? What would you stop? What would you get rid of? What would no longer be important to you? This pericope, 1 Peter 4 7 through 11, answers that question. And applying this truth should change your life, as it should change mine. Uh, so, when Peter tells us how to live for the end, you know, does he say things like uh, stockpile ammunition, or build a bunker, or uh, throw the diet out the window, try every flavor of bluebell ice cream, uh, join a, a party, get, run up your credit card bill, quit your job. No, he doesn't say anything like that. In fact, what he does say, I think, is a little surprising to us. So here's the entirety of the verse. The end of all things is near, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled, so that you can pray wow maybe not what uh, you would expect to follow those words at all now these are words directed to people who have put their hope in the resurrected jesus those who know they've been washed clean from their sins by the blood of christ who have been adopted into the family of God. That's who these words are directed to. And so uh, if, if that's who you are, th- these words are for you. Uh, because uh, those who are apart from Christ live far differently. In fact, earlier in this chapter, back in verse 3, Peter described how the world tends to live. They, they live to please themselves rather than God. And so P- Peter describes it. He says, that, you know, they'll get drunk. They'll, they'll feed their lusts. They'll party hard. And Peter said, they'll make fun of Christians who don't join them in those kind of activities. And Peter says, that's not God's will for his people. Instead, he said, because the end is near, be clear-minded and self-controlled. So let me describe those two words for you and define them a little bit. Uh, clear-minded the, the greek word is sophroneto, and, and uh, another place it's used let me give you an example of a, of a familiar place this is used it's when jesus uh delivered a, a man who was demon possessed uh, this is a guy who hung out in the cemetery that's where he lived he couldn't live in town who was screaming all the time, who was naked, who was cutting himself with stones and and who, who just people weren't they tried to chain him up to to restrain him and he would break the chains. I mean, this is a this is a demon-possessed man and Jesus came and rescued him, delivered him from that demonic possession. And you know what happened? The Bible says that after Jesus delivered him, this man put on clothes. He sat down next to Jesus and he was so frenetto oh he was in his right mind. He was normal. He was reasonable. He was sober. He was sensible. That's what that word clear-minded means. So he just says that's one thing you need to do when, because the end is near. You need to, to to have that kind of a clear mind. And then he says self-controlled. Self-controlled. You know, I... I Typically, part of my week is one or two or maybe even three days. I will fast from food. Uh, And and I do that for a variety of reasons. One is it it helps me. It's a reminder to prayer. It's a reminder to depend on God. It's a reminder that Jesus is the bread of life who sustains me. Um, And um, sometimes I will go on longer fast than that. And so, uh, confession. All right, a few weeks ago, I fasted from Sunday afternoon until Friday afternoon. So five days without food. And here's the confession part, so don't tell anybody. So um, I, a couple of days after that, I started eating jelly beans. And I, I, I don't mean like one bean. I don't even mean a couple handfuls of beans. I mean, I ate a lot of jelly beans. They weren't even that good, but I ate a lot of jelly beans. It was a horrible, I mean, I go from fasting for five days to this overindulgence. I don't have self-discipline. I've got self-diabetes. I've got something going on here that's just so wrong. It was excessive in the in the absolute wrong way. Well, this word about self-control, that, that is not a good uh, example of self-control at all. Uh, this word is about not going to extremes. It's about a balanced approach to life. and so balanced so that you're able to be alert, so that you're able to be ready for action in whatever happens. And, and so, Peter says, based on the fact that the, the end is near... You need, as God's people, to be clear minded and self controlled. That is, don't act like a crazy person. Don't go to extremes. Don't go into depression. Don't go off the deep end. Don't get distracted. Don't be unbalanced. Why? Why? What's the point? So that you can pray. So you can pray. That's the purpose. Now, for us to appreciate what Peter is saying here, we need to be reminded of his own experience. Because it, he writes this under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and it comes from a point in his life that he can really, really identify with. It, it's a, a scene that most of us would know from, very familiarly. From Matthew 26, it's Jesus had just finished the Last Supper and took his disciples into an olive grove. At, and there, Jesus felt crushed with grief, because he knew what was coming. The disciples, they didn't really get it, but Jesus knew that, that the cross was coming, that very soon, his whole purpose for coming into the world, to bear the sin of the world, uh, crushing down on him would, would come, and, and his suffering and death as a sacrifice for all who believe. And so there he is in the darkness of that night, the darkness of his soul, and he turns to Peter and James and John and says, stay with me and be alert, be alert. And then Jesus fell face down and he cried out to God, his father. And after praying a while, he turned back to his disciples and and he found them sleeping. And Jesus called out Peter specifically. And he said, Peter, couldn't you stay awake with me even just an hour He says this, keep alert and pray, otherwise temptation will overpower you. This is Jesus' word to Peter in that desperate time. And two more times Jesus goes off to pray, and each time he returns to find them sleeping, and then suddenly a mob arrives to arrest Jesus, and with the betrayer Judas, and now everybody's awake, because, I mean, Jesus had to encourage them to stay awake. Now, of course, they're awake, and, and they spring into action. Peter jumps up, grabs a sword, hacks the ear off one of the guys who was there. Jesus has to heal him. So at, at the most critical hour of his life, Peter dozed off. Now, he didn't realize this would be such in a, a momentous night he, he didn't understand that that this now the son of god would would be arrested and and tried and, and go to the cross as the sacrifice for the sin of the world had peter known it was this night that that was the time i'm sure he would have been able to stay awake no problem but he didn't know and even though jesus said be ready be alert he wasn't ready or alert pray so you want to enter, enter into temptation he didn't pray Now, Jesus had warned him, pray, because you'll fall apart if you don't pray. And Peter didn't, and so he fell apart. And when the end came, what did he do? He reacted with violence. He acted with, with panic. And eventually he even denied that he ever even knew Jesus. He Fell apart. So Peter knows what he's talking about here, doesn't he? When he says the end of all things is near, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Uh, He said big things are on the horizon, even the end of the world. And so as God's people, we need to stay focused. Peter says we need to keep alert. We need to not go to extremes. We, We need to be sober and get ready so that we can pray, so we can pray. Why? What's the point of prayer At such a time as this let me put it in a simple statement that through prayer God prepares me for tomorrow that's what Jesus was calling Peter to do pray so you'll be able to handle what's out there what's coming what's on the horizon and that's the message for the people of God today that through prayer God prepares me for tomorrow praying in advance for strength for comfort for guidance means that when trouble strikes then you'll be ready Because cataclysmic events loom over us. We have no idea what crisis might be around the corner or what's happening at this moment or when the end will come. And whether that ending is the end of your life or the time when Christ returns and, and begins those end time events in motion, we don't know when that will be, therefore pray Because without the preparation of prayer, you know what's going to happen? We're going to react just the way Peter did. With violence, with excess, with fear, with panic, with a weak faith. Our actions, our attitudes will not honor Jesus. That all happened to Peter. That's what will happen to us if we are not responding in prayer. To avoid that, we need to be calling on God right now. Now, now what keeps us from praying? I don't know about you, but there's all kinds of things that can keep me from praying. Busyness and disinterest and things are going good enough. We'll be satisfied with that. We're too tired. We're we're making plans. We're too afraid. We have worries. We have uh, so many interests. and We need this reminder of the end that Peter gives us, so we will pray. We need to stay in touch with God or we will be caught unprepared for whatever is happening. Jesus said the very same thing about preparing for the end. Let me share it to you from Luke 21. Jesus said, be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Pray constantly that you will have the strength and wits to make it through everything. That's coming. So, if you don't follow this word from God as His people, then when the storm comes, you won't be able to to stand and respond the right way. Uh, All your distractions will keep you from connecting with God. And those distractions can be anything it can be work, can be fun, can be pain, weariness, uh, physical, emotional distress, bad habits, worries, lust, whatever it might be that can divert your attention from actually praying, from actually turning your heart to God. Your mind is a buzz with all kinds of things, whether it's your plans, your anxieties, your entertainments, your, your bad habits, your hobbies, and it can divert you from daily dependence. On God, so keeping you from regularly conversing with Jesus. And then what happens is that your reaction to calamity will be panic. It will be extreme. Uh, or you're more likely to lash out or to be angry or to be terrified or just plain unprepared to face whatever's out there. So I read an article about... Uh, a nurse, a former nurse. Her name was Catherine, and uh, she had a problem long before COVID-19 came around. See, Catherine uh, was in a three-bedroom house in, in New Jersey, and she had not had plumbing for seven years. Uh, for a variety of reasons. And, and then, so Catherine harvested rainwater in order to bathe, and she used the litter box as a toilet. Catherine's basic problem was that she's a hoarder she sleeps on this massive pile of of rubbish next to her 10 cats and so finally a professional declutterer uh, named don Tagatak was called in he was hired to clean up this this mess his crew worked for an entire week and they carried away five tons of paper and rotten food and mattresses and clothing took a week Many people, as you know, have Catherine's problem of hoarding. And sometimes that turns deadly. It's Never good, but sometimes it's deadly. So recently in Washington, D.C., a a woman died inside her house when rescuers could not reach her because, as they said, her pack rat conditions. It, It was so packed with stuff they couldn't get to her before she died. So everything she had saved Prevented her from being saved. Think about that. Everything she'd saved prevented her from being saved. Now, you might not have 10 cats or a pile of newspapers and mounds of clothing on your floors, but what I want to encourage you is to declutter your life to pray. Th- that's the call here. Because the end is near, we need to declutter our lives to pray. Now, there can be all kinds of clutter, and I can't begin to even mention some of the examples, but uh, let me give you an idea. Maybe, uh, maybe you worry a lot. Now, by the way, worry is not automatically prayer. Please understand that. Uh, worry can actually distract you from prayer. Prayer give, takes your worries and gives them to God and, and pleads with God to act. So maybe as a grandparent you are worried about your grandchildren. Now, instead of simply worrying, what you need to do is turn those worries over to God and say, God, help me to know how to influence. Help me to know how to bless, to encourage my granddaughter. Lord, speak into the life of my grandson. Bring him to you. Lord, give me wisdom to know what to say and how to say it and when to keep quiet and the courage to follow through. But see, unless you deal with the distraction of worry in your life and start praying. You will be unprepared to handle whatever happens. Or maybe as a, a college student, a young person, your, your mind is, is littered, is cluttered with plans. You're preoccupied with scheduling your future, wh- which career path to take, and uh, which direction to go. And uh, you're, you're maybe engrossed in mapping out what's ahead. Maybe when you're going to get married, where you'll get married, and maybe who you will marry. You're focused on where and how and when you're going to buy your own place. Maybe as a young person, you're focused on that kind of planning. And the problem with that is that you can substitute planning for prayer. I do it all the time. I like to plan. And sometimes I plan instead of pray. It's a great hazard. And see, the problem is if... If it all works out and it goes according to your plan, then then uh, <laughs> you don't depend on God as much. And and if it doesn't happen the way that, that you've designed it, you, you'll struggle with disappointment and frustration. Planning is good, but, but instead of being consumed with plans, determined to make things happen your own way, you need to consciously focus on, on connecting with God, or you'll be unprepared for whatever it is that does happen. Maybe as a business owner, your mind is cluttered with survival, especially right now. You know, when, how to make payroll, sh- should you make payroll, what should you, how do you plan, how do you go forward, what should, and your mind is cluttered with all kinds of things as a business owner, as a, as a supervisor, whatever it is that you might be. Or maybe as young parents, your mind is cluttered with concerns about your family, how to strengthen your marriage, uh, how to how to keep your children together during this time when school isn't in session uh, how how to get back to a normal routine and your mind is cluttered with all of those things and that's what needs to drive you and me to prayer last week someone amy and i have known almost our entire married life died in a house fire of all the ways to die in this moment I, that was completely not what we were expected it was shocking this week, a, a pastor friend I know on the other side of the world emailed me to tell me how much he was struggling with this virus and someone in his family is afflicted and, and how he, the, his city is starving. There are people without food. Six weeks ago, our youngest daughter moved about 1,000 miles away. And uh, she did that just in time. For the lockdown to happen in fact she wasn't able to move into her apartment and this weekend she moved into her apartment last night was the first night she was there but she doesn't have a job her health insurance runs out this month her driver's license expires this month there's lots of things we could be worrying about that uh, but it, it needs to drive us to prayer all these kinds of things Such situations and concerns can can muddle the mind and can can prevent us from turning to God. Really, we need to be praying in advance and asking for God's wisdom and guidance in advance. So the clutter in your life can be good things, can be bad things, can be abnormal things or very normal things. It can be something unavoidable or something extremely preventable. But clear away the noise and the mess and the demands and the interests enough to pray because... Through prayer, God prepares me for tomorrow. I don't know what Monday is going to bring. I have no idea. I mean, Jesus may come back tonight. This pandemic, the earthquakes, the, 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 the fires, the floods, the economic conditions, they may signal the end of days. Or not. I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow. I could have a normal day, go into my office and study. and Or I could... Be hit by a wild Uber bus or have a heart attack on the tennis court or something, or eat too many jelly beans and die. I don't know. Some of that's preventable, some of it's not. But I know I will be unprepared for whatever it is unless I can declutter enough to pray. By the Word of God, I call you to be clear minded and self-controlled, and ask God for wisdom, for peace, for patience and power to do His will, is then whatever tomorrow will bring, whenever the storm hits, however difficult things might be, and whenever the end comes, you will be ready by the power of our risen Savior. Something else that I want to invite you to do and join me in even right now is what Jesus told us to do until he returns, until the end comes, whenever that may be, and that is to remember his death for us on the cross with the bread and the cup. So I encourage you to get these elements together right now if you haven't already. The bread, whatever it is that you have that's available to Symbolize the body of Christ. That that Jesus took our sin upon Himself. And and whether you are using a cracker or a piece of bread or or whatever you have available, sanctify it by the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, we remember You with this very simple element. And, And whatever you have to symbolize the the blood of Christ that blood that's poured out we sang about that earlier poured out for us that we might have life and so let me pray and then we will take and eat lord we thank you that you have done all for us Father, I want to thank You for Your great love, love so great that it sent Jesus, Your perfect Son, into this world. Jesus, I thank You for Your obedience to the Father, even to the point of death on the cross. Holy Spirit, I thank You that You are with us right now, that You are indwelling, You are making a temple, an abiding place in the lives of every child of God, guaranteeing that we belong, sealing us, the day of redemption so father son and holy spirit we thank you that you have done all to make us your children to bring us back into fellowship with our creator and so with these elements we remember you taking the bread jesus blessed it and he broke it and said take and eat this is my body do in remembrance of me let us eat Then he said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood, spilled for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from it, all of you. Lord, we give you thanks, and we do this in remembrance of what you have done for us. Until you come again, and we drink it anew with you in your kingdom. Amen.
2: What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief. God in prayer, oh, what peace we often forfeit, oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer.
3: connected to a church. I encourage you to connect with us if you have a prayer request, a concern, a question at cypressbibleconnect at gmail.com. Now I want to, as I always do, give a benediction to you uh, that is a good word from God. And So as we conclude our worship, I encourage you to open up your hands and to receive this good word from First Thessalonians chapter 5. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it. God bless you.